one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to BT Sports podcast, Life's a Pitch. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Darren Lewis of the Daily Mirror and Adrian Clark of Arsenal TV. A simple question. Is any footballer worth £100 million? Not in my book, but it's a sign of the times. We're also looking at Middlesbrough, Southampton, Stoke and Sunderland, but we'll begin our Premier League preview with Paul Pogba and Moneybags United. There's a lot of talk about unfinished business, but Darren... Good business? Well, on the face of it, you would say that £100 million is too much money for one footballer. But I seem to remember the £85 million that Real Madrid paid for Gareth Bale. Zinedine Zidane, before they signed him, said, this is a player who can make a good team into a great team. Bale's gone there and he's won the Champions League twice and he's won the Copa del Rey, scoring that fantastic goal as he did. And if Pogba can produce anything like that, then yes, it is good business. He's 23 years old, so they're going to get 10 years out of him, six, seven years at the very least. He has resale value. But also, as the papers have been saying, our colleagues Mike McGrath and Ollie Holt in the Sunday papers, the commercial value that Manchester United would get out of him. If they can sell 100 million shirts with Pogba number six on the back of it, and we do live in a ruthless business age of customers rather than football fans. I know we all hate that term, but mm. it, this is the age we're living in. It makes for Manchester United good business sense. It makes a statement for them as well. So in that respect, they'd say yes. Let's look at two sides of this argument, mm. Adrian. The playing side. Mm. Is he a player of that magnitude, top five in the world? He's not far off. I've got to say, based on what he produced at Juventus... He was outstanding. He really was. He had a relatively mixed, I would say, Euro 2016. There were one or two flashes of inspiration and great skill that you thought, hang on, he is a top player here. But you've got to rewind the clock and look at what he produced for Juve. And he was pretty inspirational for them. He was driving through the heart of that midfield, scoring goals, winning games for that team. And I do think he's capable of doing that for Manchester United. And, and you've got to ask yourself, what is he worth to United as a team? in terms of them progressing? What does he bring to the table that they don't have already? And I think he brings a lot that they don't have already. Their output from central midfield in the last few years has been woeful, shocking. Hardly any goals, not too many assists, and nobody driving forward into that box to support the strikers. And Pogba is the player that can do that. So I think if you, if you can put the money to one side and say, OK, he's overpriced by 20, 30 million... Forget that, he will be a top player for United. I think he will make a difference. And, and he'll also sell shirts to, to 
if you look at what's happened with, with Zlatan in the first sort of week, two weeks, I think it's something like more than £70 million worth of shirts with Zlatan on the back have already been sold. So maybe to the second part of the question I asked Adrian, it does make financial sense. Well, United need an icon, a hero. Uh, Wayne Rooney's 31, Zlatan, as you say, he's 34 years old. Pogba's age means that he's a player for the long term. You look at the, the commercial advantages that his sportswear company, I'm not going to name them, um, have had over the past week with their advertising campaign, which both the agent and all of us unwittingly, or wittingly, bought into on social media. Mm. You have to say it's genius. It went viral. But this is all part of the commercial strategy mm. of investing in a player like Paul Pogba. It's often said that a player is only worth what a club is prepared to pay for him. I look, however, at Andy Carroll, £35 million to Liverpool. He wasn't worth that amount of money. Jordan Henderson went to Liverpool for £20 million. He wasn't worth that amount of money. So I still think you look at guys like Paul Scholes who have said he needs to score a hat full of goals for him to be worth £100 million. Does he... You talk about driving mm. from the midfield, Adrian. Does Paul Pogba inspire like Roy Keane can inspire? Mm. When the France team were in trouble at the Euros... Did Paul Pogba take that team by the scruff of missing, their neck? He? he went missing. Mm -hmm. So there are question marks. Absolutely there are question marks that surround him. But as I say, United will argue that from a commercial point of view, it makes sense. What about someone like Zlatan? You know, mm. Took him four or five minutes to score in his, <laughs> his debut in Gothenburg against Galatasaray. What should we expect of him and from him? Well, he's a class act, isn't he? I think he's a top player. He will score goals that some players aren't capable of scoring. He'll make things happen off his own back. Um, a great sign, in my opinion, in the short term. Obviously, he's not going to last too long there at first-team level, but that doesn't really matter to Manchester United. They need a talisman, as you, as you rightly say, and he is that guy... He, he, uh, Rashford will see the benefits, I think, of working with him, as will uh, Anthony Martial, who can also obviously do a really good job as, as a centre forward. So, so now I, I think it will be a really successful season, providing he stays fit for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And, and I can see United scoring a lot of goals. I mean, you've got to remember last season. They didn't score very many goals. They mm. were 10th mm. in the Premier League scoring charts, which is, which is awful. They over 20 goals behind City. So they desperately needed somebody of his ilk. And under Jose, I do think they'll be more powerful, more dynamic. And they've got somebody up there that will score goals that the guys they had last season wouldn't have scored. How do you see Wayne Rooney fitting into this, Darren? You know, he played as a 10 uh, in that uh, friendly. Obviously, it was testimonial this week, so that's another opportunity to see how the shape will, will evolve. He's been speaking quite a lot. There's a few things about Roy Hodgson. Is he in a really delicate situation? You know, could you see this being his last season at Man United? I think so. I think he is in the departure lounge of yeah, his career at Manchester I United. I think the arrival of Zlatan. Zlatan brings goals, but he doesn't just bring goals. He brings superstardom. It brings a swagger. Look, when he signed and he, he actually tweeted that he'd signed, it went viral within minutes. You know, this is what he brings to the club. He's a winner. Barca, Juventus, Inter Milan, anywhere he goes, he wins the title. When, he didn't just score at the weekend. He scored with an overhead kick, trademarks Latin. Mm. And what he will do is inspire Marshall, inspire Rashford, inspire the fans, inspire us in the media, because he does bring... He, he brings an ego mm. to the party, 
I think as far as Rooney is concerned, he's had a long time to stamp his authority on that team during a period where they needed a leader. They needed someone like Zlatan. He couldn't do it. Zlatan can. And I think for that reason, mm. also added to the fact that Mourinho says he's not going to play him in midfield, even though he's been saying so in the papers on Monday, he will play out front. But if he can't cut it, Rashford will play ahead of him, Zlatan will play ahead of well, him. It's simple. He's, he's United's fourth best centre-forward. Is, is the fourth. You've got Zlatan, Martial, Rashford and then Rooney. And if Jose doesn't want to pick him in midfield. And, and what sort of shape will Manchester United have? Will they be 4-2-3-1? Could they be, and I think this would suit Pogba, a 4-3-3? With Pogba either, you know, on one side of, of a holding midfield or, or whatnot. So, so I don't see a natural place for Rooney other than in that attacking midfield position at the moment. I believe for him to stay at United, he has to probably prove himself as a central midfielder in the long term because I don't see him getting games up top. I really don't. He could if he, if he starts the season with a bang, because I think he might be given a chance in, in the early weeks. He's featuring quite prominently in pre-season. If he hits the ground running, it could turn out OK for him this season. But in, in the long term, I, I think his future probably is outside of Old Trafford. Back to Everton, maybe? I don't know. Who, who knows? <laughs> well, I think China would be the only place where he would be able to get a club that could afford his huge wages. Mm -hmm. But I just want to mention Rashford again, because uh, it, people... Rooney scored twice at the weekend, but most people came away from that friendly game impressed with Rashford, his willingness to run uh, at defenders, the trick that he pulled off as he won the penalty from which Rooney scored, and the reaction from Zlatan on the bench, clapping, sitting there, nodding, looking around. You know, Rashford will be feeding off the energy that he gets from Zlatan, and Zlatan will be inspiring Rashford to try those things, to try those outrageous skills, to actually try to really express himself. I think that's why you would look at Zlatan ahead of Rooney in the, in the Man United side and Rashford ahead of him as well. I think he's the fourth best striker that they've got. Mm. We look at the back. Mm. Um, you know, it's a cliche when a player comes back from a long injury, you know, like signing a new player. Mm. Luke Shaw. T good player. I think uh, England's best left back when he's fully fit and firing. Uh, brings energy, youthfulness to that side. They, they had a terrific defensive record, didn't they, Manchester United, at home last season in particular. Actually, they were really ropey on the road, um, which is something Jose, I think, will will drill them much harder, so they're harder to beat on their travels. But at home, they were solid. But I don't think it was down to the quality of their defence, really. They got away with it last year, particularly in the full-back positions, where, where I think they were weak. So Shaw coming back strengthens it immediately. Um, Antonio Valencia on the other side, um, I, I still don't think he's a right-back, and they need somebody there. It looks like his first choice over Darmian. It does, it? And, and he might get a tune out of Valencia, but I think against the very best opposition... He could be exposed, um, Valencia. So that's a question mark. Bailey looked good, didn't he, last season in La Liga? So I think that's an astute signing. But but and, and Smalling, though he started last season wonderfully well, he tailed. He did tail off, mm. and, and I, I'm still not entirely convinced mm. about no, Smalling. I've been saying that um, he's going to be looking for another centre-half, maybe Ezekiel Garay, maybe Jose Fonte, the Southampton defender who did so well at the Euros, won the Euros with Portugal. Um, he's 32 years old, but Everton want him as well. Koeman knows how good he is, worked mm. with him at St Mary's. But as uh, you were saying, Adrian, Luke Shaw's like a new player on the left side of that defence. So straight away he comes in with a point to prove. He's young, he's hungry. 
Mourinho wanted to sign him at Chelsea, didn't because he didn't mm. want to be seen to be paying him a hundred grand a week ahead of some of the players that had actually won things at the club. I think they'll buy Fabinho at right full back as well uh, because, as you mm. say, Valencia really isn't the answer. Darmian would be ahead of him, but I don't think Mourinho fancies Darmian either. I think Fabinho will come in there, will look to strengthen that defence because they were okay at home. But if you look at Every time that Mourinho's won the league, it's been on the bed on the bedrock of a strong, solid defence, mm. and I think that's what he'll look for at United. Same division, different planet, mm. Middlesbrough. Yeah, you know, really well-run club. Got a great owner in Steve Gibson. What are their realistic uh, opportunities this season? Well, I think they're okay actually. If you look, if you compare them to Burnley and Hull in terms of their activity this summer, they're on a different planet to them. Mm. They're showing ambition. They're acting like a Premier League team. They're acting like we are here to stay. We're not just here for the experience. We're building a top-flight squad. And I think the acquisitions are pretty good, actually. Yeah, solid throughout the side. Um, they were good at home last season. They didn't concede, knows, they didn't concede more than one goal right. at all yeah. at the Riverside last season, which I think bodes well. Obviously, it's going to be tougher for them in the Premier League, but... But they didn't. So, so, so they've got a solid foundation already. What he's doing, Karanka, he's just adding Negredo. He's got he's got a striker with a bit of pedigree. Darun, I've I've done a bit of you know I've looked at looked at his background, um, watched him play a few times. I like him. Defensive, midfield Defensive midfielder, got a little bit of class about him. The bulldog of Bergamo, they mm. called him. <laughs> um, but his stats are terrific. He, he was the most prolific tackler in Serie A, second highest interceptor. And when you think about what Conte did last season at Leicester, what Kirchhoff did for Sunderland, in that DM position, it's so, so important. I think he could be a key man for them. So 12 million wasn't a great fanfare, but he could turn out to be a really astute buyer. Mm. Yeah, so, Darren, you've seen Negredo in his first incarnation at Manchester City. Is he still scarred by that? Um, I think as far as Negredo is concerned, he's only 30 years of age. He scored... 23 goals in uh, 46 games at Man City. He scored 12 goals last season in 46 matches, I think it was, uh, for Valencia. Mm. I think he does come back as a player with a point to prove because he didn't think he should have left the Premier League first time around. And I think, as far as he is concerned, he believes that he can still come back to a league that he knows and, and find the target. It's interesting that... Karanka has gone for experience in 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 Negredo rather than taking a chance on a younger striker uh, as other managers would have done. I think he will be able to provide the cutting edge. And he's number one, yes. and that's what he never was. He was never close to being number one at City. Where I was with yeah. him at City, wasn't he? And, and and I just think as a player, when you know you're the number one, you're the go-to guy. Yes. It, it adds a couple of inches. Yes. To, to, you just feel that bit more special. And he's the star man. We talked about superstars at Manchester United. He's going to be the star man for Borough. And I wouldn't be surprised if he rose to that. Just overall, I think in terms of their transfer business, they've got five players in before they played their first pre-season. They've got uh, a European super scout, a guy called Victor Orca, I think his name okay. is. And he's got great contact throughout Europe. Um, they've got Gary Gill who's in the recruitment side of things as well. It's taken them a while to build that team up, hasn't it? It has indeed, but when you talk to people, they say that they've been very patient in managing to mm. get this team together that has acquired all of these elements, if you like. I saw quite a bit of Victor Fisher when he was at Ajax as a, a very young player, 16, 17 years old, and they were talking about him in the same breath as Christian Eriksen mm. then. A bit more experience behind him. 
I think he could be a surprise. I think he could. £3.8 million is a fantastic bargain. He scored 10 goals and 21 appearances in his first season at Ajax. Then he didn't score as many after that. Lots of people suggesting maybe he didn't have the trickery to be a winger or the strength to be a striker and that he was a bit in between. But I think that might be an asset for him in the Premier League under Karanka because it, it gives him a versatility that will help the team as a whole. Mm -hmm. I think he is a good player. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people will look at him. You mentioned Ericsson. Now, Ericsson's come over here and managed to overcome the doubts that people had about him having seen him in uh, Dutch football. I think it'll be the same. And, and it's hunger. You're talking about hungry players here. You've got Negredo with a point to prove. He's a bit older. But Fisher, it hasn't worked for him, yes. really, at Ajax. He was supposed to be the next big thing. Mm -hmm. He was on the periphery of the team, wasn't he, last mm. year for Ajax. Mm. He's come here, got a golden opportunity to really shine and sparkle in the world's most watched league. He's going to be so, so eager to, to do the business. So, so good luck to him. I also think Gaston Ramirez going back there mm. was a smart one because it did look like he, he was going to leave. Because he was on loan last year, inspirational in their promotion push. Didn't look like they were able to secure him. They have. They've gone back in for him. And he, I think will just make things happen. They needed a few guys that at the highest level can just unlock the door and I think I think he can do it. He's a bit inconsistent mm. but um but he could, he could but, light up Borough. Do you know, they won't get the credit they deserve because attention will be taken by the Uniteds, by the Chelsea's, by the Arsenal's. But I think three players have got in. I think it's Ramirez, Fisher, Barragan. £15 million, pounds, the same amount of money that Bournemouth have paid for Jordan Ibe. Mm. And you think to yourself, people say some clubs are throwing the money away, but some clubs like Middlesbrough, and Sir Alex always said, choose your chairman, not mm -hmm. your club. Mm. And Steve Gibson is a fantastic, supportive chairman, and I think Karanka will get the time. And we're seeing the business they're doing as, at the moment. There is some really intelligent, worthwhile stuff going on at Middlesbrough at the moment. Look at Ramirez's former club, Southampton. Mm. The strategy is the same. They're essentially a selling club. Can that be sustainable? I mean, we, every year we, we question whether it's going to be sustainable and they end up being stronger, don't they? I have been a huge fan of what they've produced. I like, I like the football. They've chosen brilliantly with their managers. Um, but they've lost some good players again, haven't they, this year? That Wanyama, it's going to be a hole. That's a hole, big hole to fill. Pella. I mean, I, I am surprised. I mean, obviously, I'm not surprised that Pella has took the money mm. on offer in China. But I mean, wow! I mean, blimey, um, we'd all, we'd all be off there like a shot, wouldn't we, on that kind of day? <laughs> um, but this is a guy that, that I think would have scored goals for them next season in the Premier League. You know, um, they lost three three key players, haven't they, this summer? So it, there are big holes to fill, uh, and I am a bit worried about them because Puel. We don't know how he's going well, to adjust. Well, he's someone who's, who's spent his career in Ligue 1, and the portants aren't good, are they? If you look at other French managers who've come over, and they really haven't—they've disappeared without trace. Yeah, I, I guess so. But you should judge him after a few months in the job. And, and Southampton, as you say, have a good structure in place. They do have a good, a, a good settled team. They've just lost their key men. It's Mane, it's the other guy, of course, mm. that they've lost to Liverpool. I think he's a huge, huge miss, but he, he was the guy that made things happen. When everything was going a bit stale, a little uh, dart through players from him, he'd run in beyond. I just think, unless they adequately replace him, and I'm not entirely sold on Redman, I think Redman's a good player, and I think he'll be better at Southampton than he was at Norwich, surrounded by more talented players. But um, losing Wanyama... Mane and Pella. That is going to be really hard. I think in, uh, set against that, 
if you look at all three players, they had been unsettled. Pella wanted mm. to go in China, to, to China in January. Mm. He'd had an offer at that point, wanted to go. The club said, no, we don't want to let you go. We want to get someone in. If you have an offer again in January, in, in the summer, we'll allow you to go. That mm. came about and he was off like a shot, as you say. We would be too. Mm. Um, I'd carry your bags, Mike. I think <laughs> as, far, uh, as far as Wanyama is concerned, he's wanted to go to Tottenham since yeah. last summer. Um, had they kept him, A, they would have lost even more money, and B, they would have had an unhappy player. Same for Mane, he's been angling to leave for a long time. So what they've done in allowing those players to go, they've managed to offload and take yeah. get in some money, particularly in the case of Mane, mm. uh, that will help the club. There is no point, there would have been no point in keeping those players and, if they and, wanted and to leave. And that is part of the reason why Southampton do continue to confound us because they're getting play rid of players at the right time mm. when they want to go. Because in that dynamic of the dressing room, you have to be together. Mm. You have to be hungry. Yes. I keep using that word. And ambitious. And you need players that, that want to be there. And, and yeah, so even though they've lost a little bit of stardust there, they will be together as a group. I've got no doubts about that. And there's no way they'll be bottom half of the table. They'll be top half. I think what's key, though, Adrian, is Fonte. There is a big yeah, yeah. problem for them with Fonte. They've offered him a new deal along yeah. with Cedric, the right-back, and Dusan Tadic. But Fonte is wanted by Man United, mm. uh, Everton, and uh, a couple of other clubs. Mm. They've offered him a new deal. He's 32 years old. Does he stay, commit himself, or does he move to a bigger club Obviously, he worked with Kuman before. Mm. He has a potential, when you look at what they have in the money that Farhad Mashiri's brought to the club, to nudge at the European places. Does he see them, like Kuman did, as a better proposition? If they lose him as well, you're talking about four key players that have lost the spine mm. of the team. If they lose him, that could be a big problem for them. Mm. Adrian, we live in an impatient, mm. imperfect world. Mm. Stoke, they're building and transforming themselves slowly and methodically, mm. we can pretty much put the Pulis era to bed now. Yeah, you know, Joe, Joe Allen turning up there. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you could probably say, say it was the end of the era last time when Bojan came in and, mm. uh, you know, Arnautovic, you know, all these skillful players. They're so different now. They're good to watch. And they're a very solid Premier League side. I, I think that midfield unit of Allen and Imbula excites me. I think that's a, that's a, that's a decent combination. Um, they've got great wide men, creators. It's a striker and a centre-half. That's what they need. They've got a good goalie in Jack Butland, you know, providing he stays, and I think he will. I think they struggled so badly last year. Shawcross wasn't at his best. We didn't have a good partner. Uh, Volshard, I, I just don't rate him. I think they need a centre-half badly, and they need a goal scorer. And I'm not surprised that Berahino is on top of their list because he's got the movement, the pace that I think will complement the other players. So get Berahino, get a decent centre-half, Stoke could be top eight. Do you expect that deal to actually happen? Because if you look at the, you know, the domino effect, mm. we've got Sacco going from West Ham to West Brom, so therefore they've got their striker, mm. probably let Berahino go. How good is he? I think Berahino is a good player who doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think he's been painted in an unfair light by the club. He has made some poor choices, but he's 22 year old, years old. Which one of us haven't made poor choices at 22 years old? Um, I think. And 32. And 42. <laughs> In my case, I think as far as Berahino is concerned, well, I, no, I think I know Berahino wants to leave 
and go to whatever club it is, because Crystal Palace are interested in him as well, and he wants to get a pre-season under his belt because he feels that if he does that, he can do himself justice. Stoke want him. Stoke have had a clear run at him for most of the summer, and I think they're slightly guilty of taking their eye off the ball a bit, possibly being a bit complacent because... Crystal Palace have come from nowhere and offered West Brom close to the money that they want for Berahino. They now are in the box seat to sign him unless Stoke come back and counter that offer. Now, if they get him, they do have somebody who can convert the many chances they create. One of the best bits of business they've done this summer is keeping Marco Anatovic, who was angling for a move away at one stage mm -hmm. and have managed to persuade him Good that pack. they can still uh, do something. Four-year contract, isn't he? New four-year contract. He's been a good player for them since he arrived, and you're, I agree with you both. Mark Hughes has succeeded in transforming the identity of the club and the perception of the club. If they do get that commanding centre-half and they are looking very, very actively uh, for one, then I think they will have another solid season. And Bueller's a wonderful player that I never thought would go to Stoke from Porto. Bigger clubs than Stoke were looking at him. Mm. But they are so much easier on the eye to watch. I once spoke to Jordan Sakiri who said, look, Years ago, when me and my friends used to talk about Stoke, we were talking about a rugby team. Now, everybody wants to go there because they want to play for Mark Hughes. They can see what he's doing at the club. They can see he likes to play football. And I think we are enjoying watching them at the moment. Mm. You talked about clubs with an identity. Yep. Sunderland. Mm. Different manager, different personality, mm. different uh, philosophy. Mm. What will David Moyes' Sunderland look like? Um... Maybe a little bit more dynamic than, than they were under Sam Allardyce. They were functional, weren't they? He made them so much harder to beat. Um, relied a little bit on Jermaine Defoe, didn't he, in terms of the goal output, where well, he relied on him heavily. Um, I, I was impressed, actually, with what, what Sam Allardyce did during the second half of last season. His signings was were, were brilliant, really. I mean, Kone at the back helped that defence massively, and Kirchhoff was a key man in that holding midfield. So as long as they... The basis is there of a solid side. They just need a little bit more magic, don't they? They need players that will get the fans off their feet. They need a creator. We've got uh, Wahib Kazri, mm -hmm. who I think is a, a really good crosser of the ball. Um, they don't really have anyone to aim at. That's the problem. I mean, Jermaine Defoe is very instinctive. You know, he'll tuck balls away inside the box. Of course he will. I think they could do with a taller striker just to either compete with Jermaine or rotate with him or even partner. And they need... A guy, maybe a Yanazai. We, we've mm. talked about him leaving Manchester United. Sunderland seems like the right fit. He's worked with Moyes before, and they need his kind of player, in my view. Yeah. Yeah. They're also been linked with Fellaini. They have indeed. Uh, obviously, he had a great rapport uh, with David Moyes, who has been one of his biggest defenders in the Premier League. When everyone else thinks that he possibly uses elbows too much, um, David well, Moyes. You're talking has... about Kazri's crosses. Well, indeed. Who else to get on the back? Who else to get on the end of them? I think, as far as Fellaini is concerned, as well, when you look at the way that Man United side is building up, it doesn't look as though he's going to be a regular first teamer. So again, I think it would be a good move for him if he were to go there, and. Just like Stoke, who have moved away from being a perennial sort of also-ran, they are climbing the table. Sunderland could do the same thing under David Moyes. I think David Moyes goes there with a point to prove, and that can only be a good thing for Sunderland. I think you were talking about Sacco earlier. Sacco would be a good signing for Sunderland, and I would be very interested to see whether he'll, they will try and match the £16 million fee that West Brom have agreed with West Ham for him. 
they do need height. Maybe Andy Carroll could be a, a good option for them. And they do that need... That the cap on the pigeons, wouldn't <laughs> yeah, they? No, rocked up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Newcastle might well have something to say about that. But, mm. you know, I think um, as far as the Sunderland defence is concerned, it's a priority. Moises said, I do not ever want to see us celebrating survival again. This has happened to this club far too often. The onus now is on him to get the players to ensure that doesn't happen. So, we're almost on the verge of a new season. Yeah. Community Shield on Sunday. Let's look at Leicester, we've covered Manchester United. The fairy tale, is it finally over already? <laughs> no, not yet. Well, they might not ever, never repeat what happened yeah. in, in May. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And maybe the only way is down for Leicester City, I suspect it is. But they could still have a good season, in my view. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting. They've kept the bulk of their players. We don't know what's going to happen yet with Riyad Mahrez, but the rest of them are still there. And now, Mahrez is looking for £100,000 a week. In modern terms, if we go back to what yeah. we were talking about earlier on, that's not a lot, is it? It isn't. I think with Mahrez, it would just boil down to whether his head is turned by the prospect of playing for Arsenal. And it didn't turn Jamie Vardy's head, which I'm surprised at. I mean, I'm fairly biased. Um, but not many players would, in his position, I don't think, would have spurned Arsenal to stay at Leicester. He did. Fair but play. But say a lot about Arsenal. I mean, we won't go too far down this road. But, you know, if you look at Arsenal, he'd have gone there, he'd have been a bit par player. He'd have come on when Giroud didn't want to play her after so. 17 minutes. I think minutes. he would have been in with a shout. Of, of being uh, first choice. I think it would have been a straight fight. I think Leicester have yeah. won something Arsenal haven't. They're yeah. underachievers. I think Leicester, mm. as far as they are concerned, mm. yes, they've lost Kante, but he's brought in Daniel Amati. Um, he's also brought in Nampolis Mendy from Nice. Not many people know a lot about him. He was the player that Leicester wanted to sign before they signed Kante last summer. Mm. So clearly they rate him even more than they did Kante. Yeah. And if Mares were to stay, you're effectively looking at the same side as last yeah. year. So yeah. I agree with you. Why would they not have a good season? Mm. I think he's brought in a couple of other decent players. Demarai Gray that he brought in in January yeah, he's he's still hasn't found his feet at the club. And I, I think, think he'll fly this year. Yeah, mm. absolutely. The other one that, that, that really took my eye was Ben Chilwell, the left-back. Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool were desperate to get him, but he's just signed a long-term contract with Leicester. Up against it, though, isn't he, with Christian Fuchs, who, mm. who was just solidity personified, wasn't he? He didn't mm. really put a foot wrong last season. There's competition for places there. I think the one, one area... They need to strengthen his maybe in the Okazaki role. Busy, mm. helped Vardy shine, mm. but did he score enough goals? Did he create enough goals? Probably not. So I think they need someone in that role. Well, that's the reason why they've gone for Kaputsko, who did so well yeah. for Poland yeah. and mm. the Euros. They've brought in Ahmed Musa as mm. well, the striker from CSK Moscow. Fantastic goals record. Well, that's going to he's going to ease the load on Vardy. They can either rotate or they can. I don't expect them to partner each other, but Musa can play wide as well. You can have Musa on the, coming in off the left, Vardy down the middle. I think that was a really good signing, yes. actually. Um, yeah. He'll frustrate Musa. He will do things that you think, oh, that have the fans pulling their hair out. It's but funny you, can, you say that. You, you, missed, you missed an absolute sitter at the weekend. You're spot on. <laughs> and I, you know, it made me lose my hair. <laughs> but, yeah, he will. I agree. He will frustrate. But I think... He'll stretch teams. He'll stretch he'll teams. Make, he'll make things happen. Them. And he, he, he will uh, allow... Ranieri to pick and choose the games for Vardy, which okay. is important. Final question. Brief answer, please, chaps. Who will win at Wembley? Manchester United, because they've got the goals in them and they will want to impress Mourinho. Yeah. I will go for Leicester City because they are more established as a team unit and I see no reason why, all of a sudden, just because they lose one player, 
I don't expect them to just fall apart. So I think that we might have an upset here. I'm with Adrian. Expect the unexpected. This is going to be an early test for the new look Jose Mourinho. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.